0: it's so good to have you guys all here with us on um, in the hotel protea hotel uh, for a lot of us this has memories because uh, believe it or not this is where all of this actually started um it's the, 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 one of the homes it's a home for two churches in different places that came together so so it's Really nostalgic, but we're not going to linger on those things because I believe God is doing a new thing. I I love how it says in scripture that can you not see I am doing a new thing? Not I will do, not I have done, I am doing a new thing. So let's get um, started. We're going to be in the book of Kings, 2 Kings chapter 5. And what I'm going to do today, I'm going to do... Uh, something a little bit different. I'm going to read verse 1, and then it's going to give us a context of what we're going to be looking at. And then I'm going to skip all the way over to verse 9, and that is where what we're going to be talking about is going to be coming out of. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 5, and verse 1 reads as follows. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. He had a condition. He was amazing. He was honored. He, he was in a position of power But he had a condition. And and that can be said of us as well. We can have all we have, but we could have a condition. Remember, we spoke about the guy at the gate, beautiful. Where he was was beautiful, but his circumstances weren't that. And we could have everything for us, but there could be a condition that we are busy dealing with. And God wants to work in our lives. So that we can have complete, full wholeness, not just partiality, not just partial. So let's jump over to verse 9. It says this. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to, to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hands over the spot and cure my leprosy. Are not Abana and Phapa, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Naaman's servant went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. (laughs) I'm going to stop right there. And I want to just take a couple of minutes to just unpack this, um, what God wants to talk to us about through this topic, Unexpected Miracles. Can we pray? So Lord Jesus, thank you that we get to meet. Thank you for your love over our lives. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you that at the end of the week we are still standing, and as we go into a new week, Father, I pray for your Spirit to be with us, and as we open your Word to encourage us to get through, we ask this in your name. Amen. How many of you have ever had moments of unexpected miracles? You know, a lot of people go, oh, a baby no, not my time. Unexpected, it was a miracle. No, no, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, have you ever had a moment where something happened and all you could think of was, oh my gosh, that was unexpected. So uh, we've got a lot of those moments. We live in those moments. Um, And I asked my boy if I could share this because um, it's, it's really funny. We were visiting my mom's house. They were really small. I'm not going to tell you which one it was. Uh, you can judge them both when you see them. And uh, what happened was that we had just put them through the shower. We were going to have supper. And one of the boys was playing with, uh, with my iPad. Cell phone with my cell phone. And he was recording everything that was happening and the other boy comes running and he goes, hey, check this out. And the camera pans and follows the brother And the brother stops, turns around, pulls off his pants and moons him. (laughs) And then he pulls it back up and everybody just goes, now that was unexpected. (laughs) But um, it actually set the course for how we encounter our kids from that day on because one of them is like, Oh my gosh, that was unexpected. And the other one, he just didn't take the camera off. <laughs> so they just recorded everything. And and so it, it, just, it just broke out a whole new spirit of joy after that. So, you know, um, what is very unexpected at this moment is that they're not expecting us to show that video because we still have it. And the only reason I talk about it is because we found out, we found it a few weeks ago as we were going through our stuff, and um, unexpected to him, we're going to show it when he least expects it. We, 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 for, for all the gray hairs that I have in my beard, not on my head, we are going to show this is why we have kids, people, so that we feel good. So, But how many of you guys know God always wants to unexpectedly show us something? He wants us to come to Him with an expectation. But we need to understand that what we're expecting will never always come the way we want it to. Because the moment we do that, we go, it's all about me. But when we allow God to show up unexpectedly, a lot of things change. And you will find that throughout the Bible, He made a shepherd boy victorious over a giant and then made him king. That was so unexpected because no one expected him to be there and no one expected him to become king. Another thing is, um, if you look in the New Testament, God, Jesus, looks upon a woman that was caught in sin and that was deserving of death. And you know what he did? He said, I forgive you. Go. So unexpected. She was expecting to die. Everybody was expecting her to pay for her sins. And what does Jesus go? Jesus goes, I'm going to do something unexpected. And it changes the course of history. Like where we are, what we are doing now, is because someone that turned his back on Jesus when Jesus needed him the most, God walks up to him later and goes, Jesus says, On you. I will build my church. And everything changes because things are so unexpected. And here, in this passage that we just read, we find a guy by the name of Naaman. Now, what is very unexpected about Naaman is when you read it, it says, the Lord used Naaman to become victorious. But what we need to understand is Naaman is not an Israelite. Naaman is part of the enemy that has attacked Israel. Yeah. He actually, the reason he is on this journey to Elisha is because they attacked a, a, a city and in it was a, a little girl that was an Israelite. that she, He brought into his household that he made a servant. And when she discovered that he had leprosy, she said, I know where he can get healed. And this is where the journey starts. Naaman, a great leader, but has a condition. Like I said, you could be a bubbly person on the outside, but inside you might still be lonely. We have a condition. You could have everything that you want, but your family life has a problem. Everybody's got a condition. And the most unexpected thing is, is that Jesus is the only one that can change it. So... as we look at this passage i want to unpack a few things when it comes to an unexpected miracle number 1 is do not box jesus yeah. ephesians 3:20 says now this is the verse that we had for this year because we are trusting for more more sure. <laughs> I'll get to that part later. We're trusting for more. And Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. What does that mean? You can't measure it. Yeah. Then all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So let me ask this. If we believe that our God can do immeasurably more and far greater than we could ever ask, Or imagine, think about something quickly. Think about an elephant. Think about a different color. Now this elephant has wings and more than two tusks. And it rides a skateboard. What is your elephant's name? Now think about If you can imagine that, God can do far greater. And yet we have the audacity to put him in a box when we are expecting something from him. When we are expecting God to work in our lives, don't box God to, hey, Lord, do this. It has to be done that way because we can get so focused on what we want that we forget that He's a God that can do immeasurably more. So we want to go, He can only do it this way. How many of you guys, so I've got kids, they have to do things a specific way. When you feed the dogs, you do it this way. (laughs) Why? Because it's my way or it's the highway, you know? But we go to God with the same attitude. And we should actually go, okay, Lord, this is what I need. Do what only you can do. Because Jesus is going to do what Jesus does. There are so many miracles in the Bible that are similar or have the same outcome. But the process, remember we talk about process. We don't like processes. But the process was different. Both Elijah and Elisha met a widow with an oil problem. And the miracle was done differently. Jesus in the New Testament walks and speaks to everyone and he goes, You know what? There are blind people here and he has multiple encounters with people that need their sight restored. And each one of them is done differently. Same outcome different process. So don't box God because all it does, it leads to frustration. Have you been frustrated when you want something and it doesn't happen the way you intended it or you wanted it to work? Like my kids with maths. I've got a specific way that I understand math and they come home from their teachers And they do things, and I'm going, oh my gosh, I don't understand grade 7 maths. But, and we can get frustrated, like you're doing it wrong. But actually, they're just doing it differently. They've got a different method. You see, if we have a look at verse 11 to 12, it says, And Naaman got angry because he was expecting Elisha to do something the way he wanted to do. Because it goes, he thought it would happen this way. He thought Elisha would come out to him. And what did he do? He sent a servant. He thought Elisha would stand in front of him and call on God's name. And what did he do? He gave him orders through a servant. And then he thought he'd wave his hands and heal him. But that didn't happen. And all this built up in, e, in, in Naaman was frustration because he was used to a specific way. We need to be careful that the cultures that we find ourselves in, whether it be work, whether it be at home, that we don't get wrapped up in the culture that we box God in yeah. to do things a certain way. Because we can start thinking with our minds instead of believing with our hearts. And that limits God to doing what He needs to do because all God wants from us is to trust Him. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 8 says, um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths smooth and straight. Which means... It's not about what goes on here because we go, God does it this way. God needs to do it this way. I am used to it this way. But he's going, no, no, just trust in me with your heart and I will take you through. Trust that God knows what he's doing because he has brought you this far already. And he has a promise that says, I won't forget about you. I won't leave you. I won't allow you be taken out just trust in me what he has for you is unique don't box God into our small thinking before today how many of you thought of a colored elephant with wings on a skateboard never Never. (laughs) so why box God into what we think he can do because we are expecting something unexpected. So don't box Jesus. And point number two is watch your heart. When expectations aren't met, we get frustrated and pride creeps in. We need to stay hum- What humble. We need to stay humility. <laughs> uh, This guy skipped the English class. We were only dealing with maths over this past few months. (laughs) You see, pride is the barrier that stops whatever God wants to release over us into our lives. It's not just miracles that it stops. It's not just breakthrough that it stops. Love. What else? There's so much more. Um, Support. Growth. Growth peace. Because when we go, hey, it's not happening the way I want it to. Why? Naaman was in a position, but it's not about the position you have. It's about the posture of your heart. And so we can't just constantly say, hey, it didn't happen this way. I'm going to walk away. We need to understand it's like, it didn't happen this way. What is God going to do? What is he going to do next? Naaman was a great man. And when there is a position, we think we deserve certain things a certain way. Because he thought Elisha would come out to him. But Elisha didn't. What small things to cure? (laughs) Socks. In my house, it's socks. Mm -hmm. Who has a house with socks everywhere, especially in the TV room? (laughs) (laughs) it's not mine it's not mine and if I find that person (laughs) that person's dead Uh, you see when when we don't check our heart we we, we miss what is actually happening because when Naaman heard that he had to go and dunk himself in the Jordan River, he got upset with that. It's like, why? Why do I have to go and dip myself in muddy water? Now, the Jordan wasn't dirty. It was muddy. And he goes, aren't there cleaner, better streams where I come from? How many of you guys have felt that? It's like, why should I do this? Where I come from is so much better. Who has ever swam in a dam? How many of you guys love it? Wow. I'm trying to, I know, right? I'm trying to get my boys to swim in the dam and they run, oh, oh. In there, are you you mad? There's cleaner waters than that. I'm like, have you seen the toilet, dad? The waters are clean. I'm just, oh. But it wasn't about the water. It it was about one word. Obedience. You see, Naaman was willing to pay any price, do any great thing, and travel really long distances to get his healing. But he was unwilling to do what most would see as something simple as obey. And that is because of pride. Because if we are willing to do whatever it takes, can we also just be willing to obey what God is telling us? It could be the simple thing of just pray about it. Just leave it. Just sit. Go to the Jordan and dip yourself in the water. But he was unwilling. All God wants from us is obedience. Because if we have a look at it, it wasn't the river that healed him. It was his act of obedience. Because nowhere else was it recorded that whoever dunked themselves in that water got healed that way. There are different accounts of it. But at that moment, he had to do something out of obedience let's get to where we are at this moment, the Proteo Hotel. <laughs> so, um, before we merged with Prodeo, Louis and myself became friends, and they actually got us the venue, the Proteo Hotel, up on the N1, that you see, what do they call it, there by Lover's Lane? So, that's what it's called, right, eh? Yeah. Um, I took my wife there once. That's a really beautiful view. Hey, babes. Why? So, so it had to be PG, guys. We just, we just sat there, we held hands, and we looked. Uh, there was a view. There is actually a view. Um, and then, um, Louis, before we met up with them, they used to have church here at this proteo hotel. And then, by way of an unexpected miracle, God brought us together to form one church. And then we got rid of them. And now we find ourselves looking for a venue. Unexpectedly, we needed to find a venue. And the only place we could find was this hotel. And my very first thought was, oh, Lord, why are we going backwards? (laughs) And it hit me hard. I'm like, this is not where we want to be. This is not what I had seen and God just didn't say anything. (laughs) Because it's not about where we meet. It's about why we meet. God looks and he goes, listen, God is not going to be held hostage by our way of thinking. And he's like, I've got a plan for you, but Lord, you need to do it this way. Something very interesting. Did you know when Naaman got disgruntled and he walked away, Elisha didn't run after him. Hey, what did Elisha do? I think he was having tea (laughs) and biscuits. I don't know what they were doing. And when the guy moved off, Elisha just went, oh, okay. Because we need to make sure that we watch our heart It's the simple things. It's the simple thing God wants us to do, but can I tell you something? We still have to do it. So when Naaman started his journey, he started it because a servant girl told a guy in a a position, I know where you can get healed. And then he gets to the place where he expects to get his healing and something unexpected happens. Another servant comes out and says, Go and do this. And when Naaman is furious and leaves, what does it say? His servant walks in and goes, Would you not have done something great if he had asked you? Now, how is that for the kick in your pride? <laughs> you the commander of the greatest army on earth, and yet... God will use the lowest of people to change your mind. Can we please just get into a place where it's not all about us? And, it's, and, 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 and we watch our hearts? Because I'm telling you now, if it was all about my heart, we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be meeting here today. We would have had an amazing time of worship. We wouldn't have seen each other's faces today if it was all about me. But God just goes, you know what? Check your heart. Be obedient. What are you willing to do? Because once you understand that it's going to be uncomfortable, here's Naaman, commander of armies, goes to the Jordan and in front of everyone he rode with, dips himself. Sometimes humility is going to have to come where we in front of everybody and go. I'm sorry. I just want to encourage you today. If 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 God has asked you to do something and you've hardened your heart, it's as simple as simple as saying, Lord, I'm sorry. And because that's what happened. Naaman had to check his heart, check his mind, and then check himself into the Jordan. Don't box God, watch your heart, and we need to understand this. There is always more to this story. There's always more to what is going on, and we won't know it until the end. The unexpected miracle wasn't that he got healed by dunking himself in the Jordan River. The unexpected miracle was that someone far from God came into a relationship with him. Because God didn't just want to cleanse his skin, he wanted to grab hold of his heart. Because if you think about it, let's go have a look. Okay, so turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 15. It says this, Then Naaman and all his attendants... Naaman left Elisha, went to the Jordan, dipped himself seven times, came out shining like a 17-year-old. <laughs> now, when they say the skin did like six pack, I don't know. What, I, I really don't know. Lord, Which ask him what river do we have to go dunk ourselves in. But he says everyone that was with him made another journey back to Elisha. And check this out, because it says, Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. Once he obeyed, he got an audience with the the one that said, I know how to get you healed. Once you obey, there is a place where we can go, Hey Lord, here I am, and He's going to encounter us. You see, the story wasn't just about Him getting clean on the outside at what was God wanting to do on the inside. We are always becoming more like Jesus. We will never become like Him in this lifetime. There's always more that we're going to have to deal with. Always more that we're going to have to see change. Sometimes we're going to have to say, sorry. We're going to have to make a turnaround. But check this out. What we have here is a product of somebody being obedient to Jesus. Some of you might not have had people with you, but had a single encounter with Jesus, and you're sitting here today. Or some of you, because of someone else, is sitting here because of other people's obedience. And you don't know, because of your obedience, where someone else is at this moment. There's more to the story. And this is the unexpected thing. That what God is going to do in your life is going to have a far greater effect than just your life. And that is why we shouldn't box God into anything. Because His thoughts, His ways are way different to ours. Let us pray.